From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and patriots of all ages, welcome again to In Black and Right. We are the new definition of color commentary, and yes, I am Jerry Brooks, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, as well as your host and tour guide through the wacky world of Joe Biden's America. Well, my friends, it has been an interesting couple of days. I do have to apologize. Uh, for no episode yesterday. I'm afraid I was a little bit under the weather and uh, really couldn't quite do the show the, with the energy that I like to do it with. So, and I do apologize for that, but I will be I'm a lot better. I'm going to make up for it today, at least I hope so. Uh, before we get into the fun news of the day, uh, you can always contact us via email with questions, comments, shout outs, what have you. Uh, at inblackandright at gmail.com or you can check us out at inblackandright.net our wonderful website and trying to get, it's been so hard sometimes you know trying to deal with some technical things but we are working on some new things that are coming starting next well actually starting this month I forgot this is the first day of February man we've certainly gone through January pretty darn fast but well, anyway, let's see what's on the agenda for today. Now, of course, the big news of the day was that the FBI went to the uh, beach house of Joe Biden there in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Uh, apparently, it was some sort of a quote-unquote raid, which it really wasn't because apparently... This was a planned search, and boy, did the mainstream media really want to impress that. Uh, listening to some reporterette from MSLSD, uh, it's like, oh no, it's a planned search. Uh, there was no search warrant involved. Uh, it's, it wasn't like Trump, blah, 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 and Mar-a-Lago. So, in a way, it was true, but, you know, it, how come Biden got a pass? on this because now you got to remember the timeline now the first set of classified documents were found at the U, the CCP Penn Biden Center uh, there in Washington in uh, Biden's private office now that was the first set now that was November the 2nd according to the timeline which a week before the midterms, and of course the, the story was essentially squashed until January, which is like, okay, how come this happened in November and a couple of months later, boom, you tell us? Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much messed up. Then after it, the first story was released, then came the second story about the discovery of these classified documents, uh, at his home in Wilmington, Delaware, in his garage next to his Corvette, which Biden says, oh, was a locked garage. Okay, now if you actually had the Justice Department uh, 
<laughs> you know, take a look at that. It's like, no, that does not qualify as a secure facility. And and what's really driving me crazy, I mean, this whole uh, search at his beach house, it's smoke and mirrors. Okay, the FBI showed up three months later to search his beach house. And apparently they found nothing. Uh, they did take some handwritten notes, but that was it. So now, okay, we're three months into this thing. You know, I, I given how this administration or regime, whichever term you'd like to use, it took you three months to search his beach house. How long had it been known even before the first discovery that he had these documents. And frankly, the fact that some of these documents date all the way back to his time as a senator, could somebody please tell me how the hell a senator can get classified information, keep it, and frankly, not somehow be subjected to the Federal Records Act? I mean, come on, senators do not have that capability. They can't declassify anything, and frankly, they shouldn't be having any kind of classified documents. And you move forward to his time as vice president, same thing applies. He's not supposed to have these type of documents. He can't declassify anything. He does not have the authority. I've said this time and time again. But yet, apparently, the mainstream media seems to leave that very key piece of information out. And I don't know why. Well, actually, I do know why. But still, they're not doing their job. Though, yeah, this is pretty crazy. But this is one more unfortunate incident in the saga of Joe Biden and classified documents. This, in many respects is nothing like Mar-a-Lago. No way. I mean, Mar-a-Lago was dealing with a president, a former commander-in-chief, who had documents which he can declassify, but apparently because of the, well, the, ugh, well, okay, I'll just say it, the pissing match that the National Archives had with Trump's people, and they were in negotiations. They were in negotiations. So the fact that they got a judge in South Florida to sign a search warrant, and the judge had all kinds of conflict of interest. All kinds. So yeah, that's pretty sad to see that. And then, of course, came the raid, plus the fact that they didn't let Trump's attorneys into Mar-a-Lago to see what they were see what they were doing and they tried to hide it from uh, they tried to hide it from the world because there were cameras everywhere it's highly secured i mean not just with secret service protection but trump's own private security as well so mar-a-lago which is a whole lot better secured than joe biden's garage and it was in a vault. So this was pretty dang secure with Secret Service protection and everything. 
So to say that somehow the whole thing with Biden is they would they just want to get it over and done with. It's like, mm-mm. This is called the CYA maneuver because it is going to be re-election season and Biden has it officially thrown in. So who knows? They're going to have to do something to try to get people to forget that, hey, you know, nothing to see here. These aren't the droids you're looking for. You know, another Jedi mind trick by the mainstream media and the Biden regime. So that's not going to be fun. But, hey, we're still another level into this. So, eh. Well, this this will be to be continued and to see what happens with the Oversight Committee uh, and what they're going to do. So that's pretty messed up. But let's see. Now, of course, again, another big piece, well, somewhat big piece of news today that the Federal Reserve... The, the Federal Reserve raised interest rates by one quarter of one percent. Now, it's the eighth interest increase so far, but at least this one was substantially less than many of the previous others, which was at three quarters of one percent. Now, apparently, they're still concerned about inflation and they're trying to fight it. It slowed down, blah, blah, blah. And uh, yeah, but still, we still have crazy inflation. We have the spending that's just all kinds of messed up. Uh, But in a connected story about messed up, we had House Speaker Kevin McCarthy uh, Wednesday went for an hour meeting at the White House with Joe Biden and trying to come to a deal with the debt ceiling. Now, this story here from Just the News, um, uh, let's see, um, there we are. McCarthy was quoted as saying, I think our first meeting was a good meeting, he told reporters at the White House after the meeting. We promised we would continue the conversation. I think at the end of the day, we can find common ground, quote unquote, from Speaker McCarthy. Now, interesting, the the posturing going on. Uh, I mean, Biden has said, no, we're not going to negotiate, period, deal with it. The the Treasury is like, no, we're not going to give you anything. So it's like, okay, so pretty much the intransigent Democrats who want to continue the reckless spending spree are like, no. Sorry, uh-uh. in spite of a $31.5 trillion national debt, and that doesn't even begin to deal with the unfunded liabilities, which are currently at about $100 trillion. Whoa, folks, that's just, yee. no thanks. And yet, We have these people in D.C. who are just absolutely not okay with responsible spending. I mean, it is just utterly amazing to me how incredibly tone deaf the Biden regime is. Currently, the national debt is 120% 
of our nation's GDP, which means in spite of the all kinds of money, all kinds of revenue that is being received into the government, we're still behind. We're not, you know, and of course, they're still starting the whole thing about the full faith and credit, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we're going to default. No, no, if you're responsible, you don't do that. You actually have to prioritize your spending just like every single American family does. It's responsible. You just don't deficit spend. Uh, families can't deficit spend. Uh, companies can't deficit spend. So why is what makes the U.S. government so special? The reason we have the debt limit is it's a check and a balance on spending. We have enough money. We can take care of Social Security. We can take care of Medicare. We can pay the interest on the debt. Servicing the debt, getting it down to a manageable level. But a pay and then what's ever left over after you pay all of those you prioritize. Yes, defense spending, uh, anything, any other major department. And a lot of these earmarks just have to go the way of the dinosaur. You know, we, they just have to. We have to get this economy on a much more stable footing. And if somehow that's a bad thing, according to the uh, according to the mainstream media and the Biden administration, okay, that's just, uh, <laughs> that's just too weird even for my taste. And this needs to be dealt with. Now, of course, we've got some time here. We're only on the first day of February. Now, if we actually have enough money, as the Treasury tells us, to take care of things until June, then we have the time. It's just Stop. Uh, I think they're going to just, uh, at least the Biden folks and everybody, they're going to try to play this and play this and play this until it gets to panic time. It's like, oh, we got to have this. We got to have this. You know, otherwise it's like it's the, you know, the sky is falling. You know, this is the chicken little scenario. We have to do this. We have to do this. It's like, no, no, and no. If the government is going to shut down, it's going to be because of Biden and his people's intransigence. No other reason. The House wants a responsible bill. And the White House is screaming for a clean bill with no preconditions. So now we know where we're starting. Uh, now we have to see who's going to flinch and it better not be McCarthy and the House Democrat uh, House Republicans it better not because McCarthy knows he's got a sort of Damocles you know pretty much right over his head if he's not going to fight for the American people like he said he would then what you're going to have again is that motion to vacate and it only requires one and only one member of Congress to, to put it forth. Now that could be uh, Matt Gates or Andy Biggs or any of the other real conservatives that are out there, but we're just gonna have, it's another one of those wait and see kind of things. Ugh. And 
I'm and I'm not, I'm trying to stay hopeful, but eh, what can you do, folks? Oh, okay. So I, I wanted to get to this on Monday, but there were other things that got in the way. But President Trump kicked off his 2024 campaign uh, over the weekend uh, last Saturday in a policy speech in New Hampshire, and then at an event in South Carolina at the South Carolina Capitol in Columbia. So yeah, so he, I mean, it was very, you know, very policy heavy. I mean, it's not like a huge rally that he normally has. Uh, it was much more intimate. It was smaller venues. And I thought it was pretty darn good especially down in South Carolina, which really made me wonder because one of the people who was in attendance was, of course, Senator Lindsey Graham, rhino extraordinaire and warmonger uh, <laughs> to the nth degree. And I thought, why is President Trump dealing with somebody who is supporting something that he wouldn't? So I don't know. Maybe this is a classic example of keeping your friends close and your enemies even closer because I guess Trump believes that Graham can be of some help I don't know uh, but I think it Trump is smart enough to know that he's heard what Lindsey Graham has said about the Ukraine I think this is also why Trump in one of his short video policy uh, speeches talked about putting an end to the Ukrainian war with the Russians and he would negotiate a settlement within 24 hours. And I believe he could. I totally believe he could because Putin is, they, they know what they're getting with Trump, Putin and Zelensky. And if he decides to get involved, uh, even when the feckless Secretary of State, Blinken, won't get involved and you have all of these Zelensky fanboys in the Republican Party in the Senate wanting to push this forth I mean come on folks the only thing the only thing that's going to get stopped is the military industrial complex and all these defense contractors picking up nice big fat uh, government contracts making them a ton of money so that's kind of why well, I guess one of the reasons why they wouldn't want Trump in. I mean, he, I mean, he would be needed right now. I mean, if he could, he would, you know, if he was president again, I'm sure he'd get Zelensky and Putin on the phone and say, hey, I'm coming, meet me in Europe or send, or send your top representatives because this has got to stop. So, yay happy. So, yeah, there's, of course, the... Uh, continuing media fight uh, trying to get DeSantis and Trump all shooting at each other, you know, in a circular firing squad. I'm like, come on. It's, it's the month of February. Trump announced, yeah, back in November, and now he's coming out. Now, of course, you now have Nikki Haley, the former governor of South Carolina, who is uh, looking to formally announce in the next two weeks that she will be running for president, but oh my gosh, I found 
a story today at revolver.news and oh man these guys I, I love revolver they do a lot of great work but man they were a little rough on this one I mean the headline here's the never-ending list of why Nikki Haley would suck as president I'm like and apparently they wrote this back in August of 2020 I'm like whoa that is absolute, I mean, oh my goodness. Some of the things that they've said in this, and they've gone through pretty extensive, the things that she's, uh, you know, that she's done. I mean, now Trump ain't worried about a Nikki Haley. No, 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 no. I mean, some people would like her because, I mean, she's pretty much a neocon. And uh, no. And she would be pretty much loving the whole Ukrainian thing. And that's no. And she couldn't, I don't think she would really have the ability to raise that kind of money for, uh, for in the primaries and in the debates and everything. I mean, she essentially turned on Trump. And frankly, you know, Trump doesn't care. Because he's already pushing $10 million. About, or like $9.5 million already. Already he's got it. And of course the media is trying to think that, oh, well, he's struggling. You know, he can't raise money. It's like BS. Trump, it's not just the Trump campaign that... And they were very intellectually dishonest about this on MSLSD. It's the nine and a half million dollars currently is just for the Trump campaign, period. Now he has his his Save America pack and other and other things that are uh, related. They have over eleven million dollars. Well, $11.5 million that they've raised over a slightly longer period of time. So, essentially, Trump right now is sitting on over $21 million in raised funds for his PAC and for his campaign. That's not hurting when you're now in February of 2023. And when the, the rallies are going to start again, there's going to be the typical Trump rally, lots of energy. The only thing I really wish that President Trump would not do is get into it with Ron DeSantis. Because some of the things he said, and as much as I love him and I will support him, it's like, no, not a good idea. Stick to where your strength is and not play to your opponents. Uh, I mean, when Trump made a a few very mm, unhelpful statements about DeSantis and COVID and this and that and the other, no, no, no. That I don't think that was smart at all. I don't really believe it was, considering that Florida, during the time of COVID, thrived. It absolutely thrived. We had no lockdowns. Nowhere in Florida. 
Now, the Democrats were screaming, you know, we do, we got to do this. It's like, no, 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 no. Uh, DeSantis said, look, we're going to, we're not going to take Fauci at his word, which was the smartest move he ever did. We're going to take a look at it and we're going to do things differently. We're, and he took care of Florida's senior population, which is pretty darn big. People in assisted living facilities, in nursing homes, where they weren't going to do what Andrew Cuomo did in New York and what happened in Pennsylvania, where you take COVID patients, put them in uh, nursing homes and retirement facilities, and yeah, and on a whole bunch of seniors died. Gretchen, Gretchen Whit, Whitmer in Michigan did the same thing. And no, and people have kind of forgotten that. I mean, we're now in the, oh, well, let's have pandemic amnesty and, you know, and come together and sing kumbaya around the campfire. Uh-uh. This is why, ladies and gentlemen, you have the House Subcommittee on Corona, on the COVID uh, virus, its origins, the vaccines. You've got Rand Paul in the Senate. He's going to give, a, he's going to basically give uh, Fauci another run for his money. And Rand Paul is the guy who I believe can do it the best. So, so it's kind of rough when I'm looking at this. You know, some of the things that Revolver had said in this past article about Nikki Haley. I mean, that was just one. Um, another reason why they got on uh, Nikki Haley's uh, case, Revolver did. Haley is tough on Tehran, but weak on tech. Hmm. Now, I understand that. You know, and of course, people, some of the more establishment, conventional thinkers in the in the GOP are like, well, hey, she's a woman, she's a, she's a woman of color, she's a former governor, I think she'd be great. It's like, no, not right now. No, 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 no. Trump knows what he's doing. He knows, as much as I might not like some of the things he says, but when push comes to shove, Trump knows where the bodies are. He needs another term to clean out the swamp as much as he can. I have said before, and I will say it again, I love Governor DeSantis. I love living in Florida. I voted for him for re-election. He won by 19 points, and that's great in Florida. And he's done a lot for Florida. But if he good things come to he who waits, Governor DeSantis, if you wait until you get Florida straightened out and you're finished out in 2026, you can have all the time you need to set up a major league run for president in 2028. Trump will have finished his term. He can't run anymore. You can take it from there. And we could have possibly three straight terms of an America first president. And I think that is worth the weight. Now, of course, there are the establishment Republicans who are just not liking life, and that's okay. Don't really care about that. But still, 
we've got real problems. We need real leaders. And if that means somebody just doesn't like his tweets and then he's a really bad person. I said, so what? Big freaking deal. Since you seem to have some serious memory problems, uh, yeah, how about what he did for the economy, what he did for all kinds of industries, bringing manufacturing jobs back to the country, giving us energy independence? Because the same people who screamed, you know, about, I don't like his tweets, I'll bet you any kind of money, they will absolutely deal with the be- the mean tweets if they can get $2 a gallon gasoline or less by opening up our own energy and stop going hat in hand to Saudi Arabia, to Venezuela, Iran. Good night, people. That is just plain stupid on its face. But stupidity on steroids? That is pretty much the of Biden energy policy. Stupidity on steroids. And frankly, (laughs) when it comes to this sort of thing, and I know I've kind of taken a bit of a rabbit trail, but this whole thing with Biden and classified documents, they want it gone in a hurry. They totally want it gone. And yes, what can you do, folks? because he, because Biden really probably wanted to announce uh, his re-election run, probably this month or maybe March, but it's going to be, it's going to be a whole lot later. It's going to be a whole lot later because this whole scandal, and it is a scandal, it's not conspiracy theory. Now, for those of you who are Biden fans, well, hey, life is rough on everybody, but don't know what to tell you on that. But yeah, this is going to be real interesting to see what happens in this continuing saga of the Biden uh, special counsel because, frankly, it's easy to predict what the Trump special counsel wants to do. Wants to find any possible way to indict Trump and not have him run. Uh, I don't believe that's going to work. I don't believe it will, but, you know, they're going to try. So this is a don't be surprised kind of a time when it comes to news about Trump. Just don't be surprised by it. They're going to try and they are going to fail. And with that, my friends, I'm going to call it a day today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find our podcast. Please subscribe. You can find us on any podcast platform, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, um, Podbean, anyone. Just subscribe. Tell your friends. Encourage them to subscribe. And we can continue our growth. We're at over 30 states and counting and eight foreign countries. So I didn't even expect to have any type of international uh, reach, but that's the beauty of podcasts and the internet. So until tomorrow, folks, have yourself a great day. Take care of yourselves. God bless. And remember, patriots come in all colors.